Welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing, where we explore the pathways to wellness and vibrant living. Listen to personal stories of healing and interviews with experts. It's time to open a doorway to healing in your life through positive changes. Here is your host, Dawn Damari. Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. Today, my guest is Susan Bratton, an intimacy wellness expert. Hi, Susan, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Dawn. Hey, thanks so much for being willing to broach such a delicate subject as sexual healing. It has a vast surface area, sexual healing, and a lot of people feel very, very alone and unsure about what to do when they feel that they're sexually broken in some way or that their relationship isn't working or that their body's not working or that they're, they have fear or what have you. So... I'm hoping what I'll be able to do today together is to give people lots of resources and ideas for solving their own problems. Because everybody's problem is very, very unique. Because every person is so unique. Definitely. And so sexual healing, healing through intimacy. So first of all, describe what it is that you do like how do you how do you help people who are struggling in this area yeah i started beca- i became a sex expert it's my second career and i was a a marketing and sales executive for most of my career and when my husband and i who just celebrated our 27th wedding anniversary on friday very recently Ooh, congratulations thank you we we hit a roadblock about 10 years into our marriage. It was our 11th wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. I had too many gin martinis. Mm-hmm. I had two, which is one too many. <laughs> <laughs> and way. I said to my husband, I love you, but I, I don't I don't feel in love with you right now. I don't feel mm-hmm. like we're, you know, like we've just lost our way intimately. And he said, you know, I'm I'm super pissed off at you and we don't have sex anymore. And I feel mm-hmm. really rejected. And come to find out. After a little while that he had been having serial relationships outside the marriage, he'd been quote unquote cheating on me, but mm-hmm. I never, I don't really look at, look at it like cheating on me mm-hmm. because he was really just having sex with someone else because I wasn't having sex with him. He right. was trying to stay in the marriage. Extracurricular, extramarital relationship was so that he could have a coping mechanism for not having sex with his wife. And we decided that instead of getting divorced, like we saw all our friends getting divorced, right. we didn't want to ruin our daughter's childhood if we could help it. And and we really liked each other. We had a great platonic relationship. We yes. were great co-parents and you know, we yes. had found those, but we had just lost our sexual connection. And I married him because I liked having sex with him. So right. it wasn't the problem initially, but here's what happened. And I think a lot of people will really relate to this. I had a lot of things happen to me. A lot of sexual traumas happened to me. My stepfather as a child sexually abused me. I'd been the victim of almost being raped on a date. I I managed to push the guy out and lock the door of my apartment, and it scared the crap out of me. The first time I ever had sex, I was using birth control, and I got pregnant, and I was 19 years old. I was a late virgin by many accounts, but not that late. There are Mm -hmm. truly are 20, 30 and 40 year old virgins still. But I got pregnant and I decided to have an abortion because I just had so much I wanted to do in my life, you know? And so Mm -hmm. even my first lovemaking experience was 
traumatic. And, you know, there's a list of a, a boyfriend cheated on me and gave me herpes in my 20s, which I've carried my whole life as a burden. And there were just so I had a lot of bacterial infections and urinary tract infections. And like sex was hard for me. I struggled with it, but I always wanted it. And I always wanted it to be good. And when I met my husband, it was good. And I was like, great, finally, I found what I wanted. Mm -hmm. But over time, what really happened was a combination of things. Number one, because we don't really get a good sex education, we get a procreation education, we get a how to be a scared of sex education, you know? Yes, that's true. But we don't get a lovemaking education. And so we didn't have any skills, like nobody has any skills. And the three things he was doing weren't really getting me where I needed to go after a decade. You know, I was mm -hmm. bored. It wasn't interesting. And I'd never had an orgasm from intercourse in, a, in 11 years of intercourse. I'd never had an orgasm from it. Isn't that common with women? It's very common. They call it the orgasm gap. The difference between the fact that 90% of the time or more a man can achieve climax, mm -hmm. where maybe half the time some women can sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, after you've done that for a decade, it's, it's not something you want to keep doing. So I had a lot of repressed trauma from a series of unfortunate sexual events, a lack of knowledge, and a lack of pleasure that made me draw back on sex and just stay in a platonic relationship. So we did counseling, therapy, and we also started taking sex workshops. Um, we live in Northern California. And I am a very courageous person. I, I believe that you can learn and become better through knowledge. I'm very oriented toward personal development. And in hindsight, I now know that your sexuality is part of your personal development and that your sexuality changes and matures as you age. And if you nurture your sexuality, if you can heal the wounds and you can learn the skills, and those are both physical techniques as well as bedroom communication skills, you can go on to reverse damage that's been done and move through it, heal it, let it go and go on to have an amazing sex life. My sex life has never been better. My orgasmic pleasure, my comfort, my confidence has never been better and my sex life's never been more rewarding. So I really stand as someone who turned her greatest wound into her greatest gift. And I've helped millions of people with the tools that I give away for free. So how do I make money? Because I think people want to know, like, what what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. Can I really trust you? Right. So let me just explain what I do for a living so you kind of can get me into the right sure. compartment, if you will. I run and have with my husband, we, it changed our lives so much to go to these sex workshops and to heal our sexual wounds that we decided to start our own business bringing sexual techniques and healing modalities through ebooks, audios, and videos to people all over the world who ever wanted them. And we started a publishing company 15 years ago called Personal Life Media. And a couple of years ago, we launched a second company called The 20, like the 80-20 rule, the 20% that actually gets the results, a supplement company mm -hmm. for libido supplements, supplements that support your libido, your desire, and your arousal. So my husband and I have been running these businesses together with our team for 15 years, and I sell online home study courses, programs that teach passionate lovemaking techniques, DVDs, books, etc. But I also, I give away 
as so much to anybody because one of the things that I learned is that people are very, they carry so much shame around their sexual desire and they have so many hurts and betrayals and so much frustration, so much unmet desire that I need to give and give and give and give so much good information before someone's like, oh my God, I really like her. She gets it. She's so generous. I like what she does. I think I'm going to try that that program now. And so really, what I am always happy to do is give and give and give and give because enough people, if I give to millions of people and hundreds of thousands of people purchase my products, I'm good. I make a nice little living. And so people buy my supplements that are on Amazon, you know, it works out well for me. And so I don't work one-on-one with people. I'm not a therapist, psychotherapist. I'm not a sex counselor. I don't do any of those things. I don't meet with people one-on-one. I'm a publisher of techniques that help people have, what I like to say is transform having sex into making love. I like love making, slow, pleasurable, sensual, emotionally connected, heart connected, joyful, relaxed. That's what I do is I teach people how to have that. But what I found over the years is that there are a lot of stumbling blocks for people to get to the point where having a love making technique is the the thing they need. First, they need to heal some wounds. And the wounds come from all different types of things, from being laughed at, being shamed, being abused, being raped, um, being um, psychologically repressed by your family and their, you know, nastiness around sexuality, their disgust with sexuality, religious Mm -hmm. repression. I'd say that's the point of the prow is religious repression. Mm -hmm. So many people feel that they've been religiously repressed. They can never get out from under the guilt to find the pleasure. So there's physical things, betrayals and hurts that happen. And then there's the, the emotional and spiritual pieces of sexual trauma and repression. And so what I have done is I've tr- I always try to create tools that are teach the man to fish, not give him the fish. How can I right. give you something that really lets you solve your own problem in the way that you need to? How can I guide you through a process or a path? I remember, gosh, I think it was about maybe two years ago, I was going on national television on uh, the Dr. Nandi show. And I wanted to do something that was to help people overcome trauma themselves. And I came up with this concept called the magic pill method. And it's at magicpillmethod.com. It's an ebook that takes you through the solution. Because I I sent out an email to my new, I I have an email newsletter. And hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people get my weekly newsletters. And there are sex tips and all kinds of wonderful things in there. I sent out an email and I said, email me back. What's the, what's the obstacle holding you back from having the intimacy that you want? All answers are acceptable, except I don't have a partner because this isn't about a dating thing. This is about what is the obstacle? Is it health issue, emotional issue, betrayal issue, what, what have you? And I got hundreds and hundreds of replies flooding in. And a lot of them were, you know, I have cancer, I've had, I've been abused, you know, and betrayal. 
I was surprised how many people got hurt by someone in the past and could never get over it. Just couldn't trust again. And so I realized there's a category of people who just have a really hard time emotionally processing betrayal. And so I thought, all right, I, I could literally solve every single person's problem, but there's not enough time in the day to do it. So how can I teach a man to fish? And that's when I came up with the magic pill method, which is basically as, as a couple, you make a list of the things you used to do that you love that you can't do anymore, the things you could you could do now that you'd enjoy, and you have a good meal and you're fully hydrated and you sit down on the couch and you hold hands and you share your lists. And then you see, oh my God, my partner would enjoy doing that with me. I, I didn't realize that. Because what happens is when people hit a roadblock, they just stop. They don't talk about it. People are not comfortable talking about their sex life. It's so easy for me. I've been doing it for so long. But people, it's very edgy for people to talk about their sexuality. And they stop talking about it. They stop touching. The intimacy goes away. And then they're in a sexless marriage. They're in a platonic relationship because they have all these unresolved. And how issues. many marriages do you think? And long, no, sorry, please do. Interrupt, but how you many marriages? Do <laughs> you think it's very <laughs> it's okay? Do you think that a lot of long-term marriages and relationships? I mean, I'm not saying they all turn sexless, but do you think it's very common, especially with kids and all the responsibilities that come along with that? They're, they fall into two camps. And yes, it's extremely common. Mm-hmm. I would say 60% of marriages or more have intimacy issues. And there's a difference between there being, there's kind of, there's health issues that come into play or right. in, in the case of my husband and, and I, it was a combination of my own traumas, my own traumas that I never dealt with, I just stuffed in a box that were really running my game. And I had to become aware of how they were running my game. And I had to forgive my stepfather for abusing me and find the compassion in my heart to realize that he was actually worse off than I was because he was him and I was only me. And I was a perfect, beautiful little girl that got ruined by a pedophile sociopath, you know, and they're out there. One in 10 people have sociopathic tendencies. I mean, it's pretty scary. You you take a a room full of a hundred people, 85 or 90% of them will say that they've been sexually abused in some way. So it's, so it goes into marriage and then people don't have the communication tools, but here's the thing. So here's the bright spot. Couples can heal themselves 99% of the time. Most people think that it's an insurmountable problem. When all it is, is just a lack of knowing what to do. And so let's circle back to that. But one of the things that I think is really important to know is that there are a lot of couples for whom there isn't really a ton of trauma other than the trauma you two have done to each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's there's that trauma. Mm-hmm. But that can be cleaned up by yourselves because you created it. That's your own right. mess, you know, so right. you know it well, right? Um, their most sexual healing happens in partnership, not in therapy. Some people go to therapists and need to. There are issues that are bigger than a couple can manage, but a good 80 to 90% of healing gets done through partners helping each other, supporting each other, saying, let's let's fix this. So I want to give people hope that if you can't afford to go to therapy, or you know your partner would never go to therapy, mm-hmm. you can still go through the issues of understanding how to heal each other. 
I did a really, really great video series with a very good friend of mine, Ariel Giaretto. Ariel is a trauma, a sexual trauma therapist. And if you go to betterlover.com and you type in healing my sexuality, those videos should come up. Okay. I'm moving off of YouTube because YouTube's not very friendly to anything sexual in nature, even though I'm talking about things like sexual That's healing, silly. et cetera. I am deprecated by the algorithm. Because of, yeah, and it's silly. They just think that anything to do with sex is porn. And I was even going to talk about that. I was going to ask yep. you about that. But there's a lot of shame in, you know, and I'm going to say American culture only because I have spent time in, in Europe and, and in you know, France mainly. And it, it is different. It's very different. It's it's still a little male centered, where you know there you can have a advertisement for yogurt there, and they'll have a topless woman or something. It's not like some of the, some other countries where you can even see naked men on ads, but it's still much more open about sex, and it's not a big deal to even to flirt. It's it's not a, a big deal. Some of these things that I find that in this culture. There is, it's, it's maybe the Puritan influence. I don't know, but it's a, it's a huge deal. And then it gets warped and it gets weird. And then that, and then YouTube videos start getting banned that are educational. We need to have a more open and frank conversation like, like this today about these things instead of pushing them under the rug. Yeah. I've, I found podcasts to be a salve to my soul because of people like you, Don, who are willing to have these conversations and get get this information out to people because there are a lot of people listening who have been struggling with shame and abuse and it's been How holding them back. Some of that, sh- some of that sexual yeah. shame. Yeah. Especially from religion. Like I was raised Catholic. I'm not talking too much about myself today, but I was raised Catholic and talk about shame with sex and guilt. And, and it, it you know, it, you repress it, but then it comes out in, in strange ways sometimes as we've seen, you know, with church scandals and, and I left the Catholic Church when I was very young, but the church scandals and Catholic schools, everything that you hear about, I'm wondering if it has to do with repression and shame. It just pushes it under the rug, but people are still going to have urges. So it happens and then it gets all warped. Yeah, the best thing to do about that is to learn lovemaking techniques together. If you go through the process of learning something with your partner from someone you trust, so right. let's just say you're, you know, somebody listening to the show today says, well, I do want to get over my repression. I do want to have a, a more positive orgastic, you know, orgasmic response. I want to feel more comfortable and more confident sexually. I want to not worry if I'm going to feel pleasure. I want to know I'm going to feel pleasure and connection, heart connection to my partner. They'll do something like my expand her orgasm tonight program. So I had Dr. Patty Taylor create expand her orgasm tonight for me. It's at expandherorgasmtonight.com. And it's a clitoral stroking technique that allows a woman to begin to get the kind of stimulation that she requires to really feel pleasure and to be in an open and receptive way of feeling that pleasure. And for a lot of women and men who are religiously repressed, they have a hard time receiving pleasure and allowing themselves to feel the pleasure. So they struggle with sexuality. Yes, definitely. And we broke it down into 21 playdates, erotic playdates that a couple could do. So if a couple says, well, let's let's just try this program and let's try these playdates. What it does is it teaches you one little thing in each playdate. So instead of the goal, if you will, of being together behind closed doors, 
being intercourse. The goal becomes, let's learn this module together. And when intercourse kind of goes off the table, it allows the woman to not feel that pressure to have sex. Okay. And when she doesn't feel the pressure and she's the decider of whether this lesson has concluded and I'd like to go further, or this lesson has concluded and I'm complete. And when her male-bodied partner doesn't pressure her to go further, when he realizes Mm -hmm. that removing the pressure actually nets him more intimacy, Hmm. that makes a big difference. So one of the things that really helps people move through and let go of religious repression is simply learning new skills together. Beginning as beginners, it gives you that teenager feeling. It keeps it keeps the sex alive in a long-term relationship. It gives each of the partners more confidence and more joy and more fun together because it's not, I don't know, it's amazing how much pressure ruins sex lives and boredom ruins sex well, lives. Yeah, I, but I can imagine. Going back to what I was saying about Ariel Giaretto. What we did on that series of videos was talk about when you are with a partner who has been abused and you're not, you're not the person who has the trauma and your partner gets triggered by things. Mm-hmm. How do you help them instead of feeling like you got rejected again? That's a very interesting dynamic and series of videos. They're free videos. And so if you're trying to figure out, okay, I want to be my partner's sexual healer. What do I do? Mm-hmm. That series of videos, Healing My Sexuality with Ariel on my Better Lover website is very good. There's another tool that I want to give your listeners. And this really goes into what you were saying about the repression and the shame right. that happens, the betrayal that happens, illnesses that happen, whatever it might be. You know, There's a lot of people who have a lot of guilt because they don't feel well enough to have sex with their partner and they know they're depriving them. Mm -hmm. And they feel really, really guilty about that, even though it's out of their control. They got sick. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons for this. I did a marvelous video interview with Dr. Keisha Ewers. We did a series called Rewriting Your Libido Story. And we talked all about how you can stop identifying with the traumas of your past and how you let them go and how you move through the healing of them, and then how you, essentially, you get stuck. If you're the captain of a boat, a sailboat, and there's no wind, you call yourselves in irons. It's like you can't move. You're locked up because there's no wind. Rewriting your libido story gives you the wind to move through, the process to move through the trauma. And then where do you go? If you don't have a plan for what you want your sex life to be like and who you want to be sexually going forward, you can't make any more progress. So the healing is only half of it. The second half of it is, where am I going? <laughs> who do I want to be? And that's what I love about what I, the work I did with Keisha, which is how to rewrite your own libido story, how to become the lover you were born to be, had these things not happened to you. And that is a little bit more difficult a URL, Dawn. So I'm sure you'll put notes with it, but yes. it it is, it's at personallifemedia.com. And that's all strung together, personallifemedia.com. That's my 
main website slash libido dash story. And I'm sorry, I don't have a really quick URL for that one, but it's okay. It takes you to the place where you can watch the video of Keisha and I walking you through how to rewrite your libido story. And I also transcribe the video so you can download it as an ebook and read it. Me personally, I hardly ever watch videos. I, I like just read stuff. And then if it's really yeah, a good read, me. I'll be like, all right, maybe that's I'll watch me. that video. Yeah, but, but sometimes, sometimes the, yes, I am like that. But some of the videos, sometimes you can't get it through yeah. reading, especially if it's, you know, describing something that you need to see how, how to do it. So for a lot of women, especially when you're younger, a lot of sex is about pleasing the man and women's needs kind of thrown to the white side, at least. But it seems like a lot of it is focused on male arousal. Like it seems like male sexuality is pretty celebrated, but not female. There's a lot of focus on that, but on women wanting and desiring sex and wanting an orgasm, it just seems not important. You know, a lot of women shut down in that area and they don't ask for what they want. How can women learn to ask for what they want or how do we change that? I'll give you another, <laughs> I'll give you another technique. <laughs> awesome. I got a lot of techniques, Dawn. <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time and thinking about these issues. One thing I would like to say before I give you the technique, and the technique is called the Sexual Soulmate Pact, P-A-C-T, like an agreement. And it's at sexualsoulmatepact.com. So you can put that in the show notes as well. And it's a free PDF download with a technique. And I, I will explain that technique. But one of the things I want to tell you is that for as many pairings where it hasn't been enough about the woman's pleasure, Mm-hmm. There are equally as many pairings where the guy forgets to receive because oh, okay. he's so busy strategizing about how to give his woman oh, wow. pleasure that he forgets himself. Okay. So yeah, I, I'm sorry, guys, if I, <laughs> any men listening to this, if I neglected that. Exactly. There's definitely different experiences out there. Okay. So that's, it's interesting to know that the men can feel that way too, that they're so focused on giving that they don't feel able to relax and focus on themselves. Yeah. One of my girlfriends is a Dakini, a sexual masseuse. And okay. most of her clients are men. And when they come to her, she is pleasuring them with her hands, giving them full body massages with happy endings and prostate massage <laughs> and all oh, kinds okay. of things. Okay. And one of the things that she said to me just recently, I said to her, well, after 16 years of being a Dakini with a mostly male client base, what is it that you see time and time again with men? What's what are the what are the big what are the big things? What are the big issues? She said, number one, they don't know how to receive. They can't, literally can't feel. They can't feel the pleasure. Oh, wow. She says, I teach men how to feel and express their own pleasure. And I thought, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Men are very, very focused on giving her incredible pleasure. So she'll oh. want him again and again. And they lose okay. themselves in that. And then that okay. give, makes her have performance anxiety because, oh, right. you know, his ego is going to be crushed yeah, right. if she exactly. doesn't have this incredible orgasm, yes. you know? And is so that why some women might fake it too, to make the guy feel better? Of course. Make, yeah. Because like you said, a lot of women don't reach it through intercourse, so they will fake it sometimes either just to end it, just because like, yeah. I'm tired of this, or, you know, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings and that's going to work against you too. Yeah. And one of the things I would say is that orgasm, penetration orgasm, or orgasm from intercourse, mm-hmm. they're very misunderstood. Okay. So the, the very, and I have a whole bunch of videos 
on betterlover.com about how to cross the gasm chasm, how to bridge the orgasm gap, how to have orgasms from penetration or intercourse, because it's a learned skill. There are a few women who are very, very lucky, and it's really easy for them to have orgasms from intercourse, but they are the tiny minority. Right. The most women really need to have a lot more stimulation and not just external clitoral stimulation, but they miss um, getting enough engorgement and enough pleasuring, blood flow, warm up, arousal, etc. So that's very important. And then, so orgasms through intercourse are a learned skill. And I teach that very easily for women. And it's not just about having clitoral stimulation. It's, it's a lot of very simple factors that once a woman is aware or, and, and her partner is aware of what needs to happen for a woman to have orgasms from intercourse, a lot of it is also about his particular way he's thrusting and okay. what he sees on porn, which is not right. real sex. That's a fake uh, movie thing made for men. It has nothing to do with actual human sexuality and what women want in the bedroom. And so a a lot of young women don't even know what passionate, conscious, heart-connected lovemaking is because they only know pornography and they think that is what sex is. It's very discouraging. I do what I can do, Dawn. (laughs) No, I was interested. Interesting because that... I was wondering if that actually, especially with younger people, if it, not that there's a hat, there's always been porn, but it's just much more accessible now if it's having an effect on lovemaking. Yeah. And it's also more hardcore. It's also more degrading to women. It is. I mean, Time Magazine did a study and did, uh, quoted a study of 300 random samples of pornography scenes and 96% of them were degrading to women. And this is what our young men and old men uh-huh. are, you know, raised on. But that's that's a whole different show because we're really it talking is. about healing your sexuality. And right. for a lot okay. of women, they think they're broken because mm-hmm. they can't have orgasms from intercourse. Yes. And or they don't have partners that are willing to give them other kinds of pleasure or even try to figure out how to have orgasms from intercourse. And a lot of sex experts, they're like, well, you know, it shouldn't be so intercourse focused because, you know, you should just focus on the clitoris and mm-hmm. you can do that through oral. And you know, I'm like, that's a load of crap. This <laughs> universe is primarily consists of monogamous couples. Right. So to say that you just focus on the clitoris and penetration orgasms aren't that important is just a complete lack of knowledge and experience and bad advice. What women need and men need who are in monogamous relationships is to understand that these are learned skills. And also that for women, our genitals are very delicate. We have childbirth, we have mm-hmm. menstruation, we have hormonal you know, thinning of the tissue, uh, the atrophy of aging, we have episiotomy scars and bladder and urinary tract infections. And you know, like the list goes on of the things that can happen to our genitals that make mm-hmm. sex painful. Right. And so women need a combination of the remedies to keep their genitals in good shape as they age as well as the techniques and the stimulation 
and the environment uh, that are required for them to achieve climax from penetration without any stimulation of the clitoris. The clitoris is actually, I like to think about it as, one way I like to describe it is with a banana. So you're picturing a banana in your mind right now. The penis is that banana. And half of the banana sticks out of his body and half of it goes inside his abdomen. The whole banana is filled with erectile tissue. Half of his erectile tissue sticks out and half of it is inside. Oh, okay. On a woman, that same exact banana of erectile tissue, the little stem is her mm-hmm. clitoris, that sticks out 5%. 95% of her erectile tissue is inside her genital structure. And it actually wraps all around the vaginal area. It's not just this little dot above the opening to the vagina. It's actually all kinds of tissue inside the whole vaginal system. So what happens most often is that she's never getting stimulated in the right ways long enough for her to get her erection. So when he's erect, he, and, and this is what they show in every movie, Dawn. You know, they they start kissing and he rips her clothes off and he pulls his pants off and yep. he sticks himself inside her. And it's like, <laughs> that's not sex either. The movies are as yep. bad as pornography yeah. at ruining our understanding of what passionate lovemaking is, which is slow and plenty of warm up and pleasure and engorgement and blood flow and, you know, spit flowing from kissing and it's it's juicy, right? Mm-hmm. So when women don't get all that banana filled with blood that's inside them, then they, they can't cross the gasm chasm. And then they think it's them, or they think they're doing something wrong, or they're, oh, they just can't do it. Everybody can do it. All it takes is practice. Everybody, all women can have orgasms from intercourse without even touching the tip of the clitoral shaft. Uh, It's nice to do that. That's a bonus. But with proper engorgement, you can just enjoy intercourse and be coming the whole time. So it's, it's really about learned skills. So I think a part of it is being able to listen to your body. And know that every day, especially as a woman being hormonally cyclical, that you want to listen to her, this little animal you live in, because she's going to tell you what feels good. Because what feels good today isn't what you asked for yesterday, and it's not what you're going to want tomorrow. And when your male-bodied partner, who is a little more steady state, and easier to achieve climax, as a matter of fact, men's number one sexual issue is performance, you know, premature ejaculation, inability to maintain their stamina. They come too fast, she comes too slow. So how do you line that up so he can slow down and she can not speed up, but you know, so you can get the rhythm right. It's just simple things that you need to know. So once she understands and he understands that he's not doing anything wrong, if he's doing what worked yesterday and it's not working today, it's nothing to do with his skill. It's just that she needs something different today. Yesterday, she was a kitty cat. And today, she's a lioness. And she wants an entirely different experience. So when he doesn't take feedback as failure, when he takes it as knowledge is power, When she can say anything she wants to him, and he's like, got it, baby. How is it now? Tell me more. And she's just like 
telling him what she needs and telling him what she and, he, and then he's telling her what he wants and things just get so much better and he gets what he wants which is he feels like he's doing a great job men are very motivated to want to win to do it right to be yes. respected for a good job so once he starts getting the feedback and he starts doing the good job he feels like a great lover. And he is because she's getting the pleasuring she needs in the moment. So that's the sexual soulmate pact. It's a, an agreement between partners that takes away the fear of hurting feelings or feeling like you did a bad job or being rejected. It takes all those feelings away. And I think probably the sexual soulmate pact is singularly the most powerful most important technique that I have ever created, and I have written 34 books. Wow. Okay. That's, and it's free. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's really wonderful. I know that's going to help people yeah. because that's... And how many other tips for, for couples who are... You know, it's, it's hard to be vulnerable when you're like that. Even with someone you've been with for a long time, I'm sure people go through that, that it's hard to be vulnerable and open... I'm assuming you need to be that way to actually have passionate lovemaking versus just quick sex that you see in the movies or porn or whatever it is. I'm a quickie hater. I'm against the quickie. Down with quickies. Quickies <laughs> don't get your banana filled with blood. Right. Uh, and they're no good. And quickies are the best way to erode your relationship, your sexual relationship. Oh, okay. Because every time you have sex... When you're not lubricated, turned right. on, in, engorged, aroused, your little yoni, which is a cute name for your female genitals, your little mm -hmm. yoni gets a chip on her shoulder. And she remembers every single one of those times. Mm -hmm. And every single one of those times is a nail in the coffin of your sex life. I mean, you maybe had a quickie, you know, when you were first, when you were 15 or 18 and you were like 21 and you were totally hot for each other and you were like massively lubricated and it didn't hurt a bit and mm -hmm. it was super easy and you came right, right. away. But when you're I mean, yeah, you get a couple of those in a lifetime and those are yeah. fine. But uh, the quickies are not a good thing for the older, the older ones, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. <laughs> Need more time. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and... And that's another thing too, as women get older, things can become more difficult, approaching perimenopause, menopause. And do you have any tips about that for also for the men that, that are you know dating or in a relationship or marriage with, with someone or the woman that's nearing the change either before, you know, because it can be about 10 years before it actually happens yeah. that you start getting hormonal changes. Most, most people, most women think that, and men do too, most men think her problem with sex, the reason she doesn't want sex, <laughs> this is the egoic coping mechanism of the male mind is, well, it's her hormones, it's the menopause. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, you know, she's not going to really want much sex anymore. And mostly she thinks that, or she's using it as an excuse not to have sex with him anymore mm -hmm. because sex isn't any good because he's been basically right. masturbating inside her for 30 years. Like how mm -hmm. long does she have to put up with that crap, right? Because right. they've always rushed it and he's, you know, he just has no skills and she didn't ever tell him it sucked. And there's all this chip on his, her yoni's shoulder and built up resentment, and, you know, 
And literally, it's simply a fact of the blind leading the blind, <laughs> right? So yeah. as a couple, you co-created this scenario where he's pissed at you because you don't have sex with him. And it's not always the man who's high desire and the woman who's low desire. I'm just saying that's a, that's a very common paradigm. This could be, yes. this can go both ways. Trust me. Right. Guys yeah. who don't want sex with their wives, there are very interesting reasons why. And what women think it is and what men report it really is, it's quite interesting. So we can stay a little bit more on topic because the issue of hormones and libido is an area of extensive expertise that I have as well. So it's not necessarily just hormones dropping that make you not want sex. Plenty of women out there with no estrogen who love sex. More often than not, it's actually a lack of nitric oxide, low blood flow. Because our nitric oxide production diminishes as our hormones diminish as we age. You can take a lot of hormones and still have painful sex. Taking estrogen isn't going to do anything to make you want sex again. Adding Mm. a little testosterone to your clitoris is going to help you feel more orgasmic sensation again, which is helpful. But really, it's about how's your overall health? How's your gut microbiome? Are Mm. you pooping every day really easily, you know, um, when your microbiome is off, all your biomes are off, and it's a hormonal suppressor. So your gut is really one of the most important things for your libido. And then are you taking a daily vitamin? Are you getting enough minerals boron? You, You can't detach the the estrogen off the protein without boron. And so a lot of times people are they, they can make the hormones, but they can't metabolize their hormones. But then you have to have a good relationship with your partner. Mm-hmm. And this comes back to 10, 20, 30 years of not telling your partner how you really feel. Mm-hmm. You have to come to a fork in the road where you're like, I'm just going to start telling the truth to my partner about everything. It's actually going to make your relationship better, juicier, more intimate, more vital, more exciting. When you stop withholding and sugarcoating and walking on eggshells, and when you become vulnerable and when you tell the truth, you become a more intimate partner. So we're so societally conditioned to lie about everything. Telling the truth about your partner's stuff, it's not really about what they're doing. It's about your own crap. Creates more of an emotional connection. Then when you slow down and start learning and playing together, that creates more pleasure. Relationships. And like you said, just communicating with your partner. Definitely. Well, we've covered a lot of ground, Dawn. We did. Yes, actually we did. And we're about to and I really appreciated it. And I know the listeners will too. Maybe just give us the main website for people that just when we're closing out. Yeah, just go to betterlover, betterlover.com. So betterlover.com. Thank you, Susan, for sharing your, your experiences and all your, your wealth of knowledge. It's really appreciated. Yeah. All right. And have a good rest of the day. Susan, you remember the time we were in Orange County? We were driving around and we got lost. And we ran into this place called Avila's El Ranchito. You remember the place? The place had awesome decor and authentic margaritas. Did you know that Avila's El Ranchito has been around since 1966? They have 13 locations throughout Orange County. Visit Salvador Avila's location in Lake Forest and Foothill Ranch for great food, ambiance, and specialty margaritas. Thank you for listening to A Teaspoon of Healing with Dawn Damari, your home for wellness and vibrant living. 
For more resources on wellness and vibrant living, visit us online at teaspoonofhealing.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein.